Uh, take your Bibles tonight and turn to Second Peter chapter 3. That's where we'll be this evening. I was just reading, I got another Bible, pulled it off the, uh, you know, I'm thankful that uh, I got several copies of the, uh, um, of the Word of God and um, thankful that I got, uh, even got one. And, uh, um, you know, uh, I've made notes over the years and some of them, there, there's one that, uh, <clears throat> that I don't make any notes in that I've kept, but I like reading some of the notes that I put in, in front of them. And, uh, and this one, um, I wrote a notice and somebody said this and I don't remember who said it's not always what you know, but knowing where to find what you need. And, uh. I know what I need tonight, and I know where to find it, and that's in God's Word. Amen. Um, Brother Guyler signed this Bible. I don't know if any of you, um, and I'm sure some of these boys that have Brother Guyler at some point probably signed their Bible, but his uh, life verse, uh, <clears throat> the one he always writes and signs his name to is Matthew 4, 4, and it's, but he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And then it says, uh, if you don't heal what hurts you, you bleed on people that did not cut you. And uh, if you're hurting tonight, uh, something uh, <clears throat> is, uh, needs to be fixed and you need to get it fixed. Because if you don't, you end up bleeding on those that, uh, that didn't hurt you and you cause them problems. So uh, there's a lot of things that... Uh, you know, you need to be reminded of, and I think this scripture tonight, uh, <clears throat> as uh, I look, <clears throat> looked at it and um, thought about something to speak on, the message, uh, Kelly, if you want a title, you're always asking me for a title, and I'm not one of titling messages, just a message to the beloved. And uh, uh, throughout <clears throat> this chapter, this whole chapter is about Christ's return. And Peter is writing to those that are that are scattered uh, uh, abroad. Some of them, get, James wrote to those that are scattered abroad. But if you go back over to First Peter, he talks about uh, uh, those that were scattered. And I think that uh, there's some uh, definitely some insights to Gentile believers as well that are that are in Second Peter here and being mindful of Christ's return. But he uses that word beloved a lot. Uh, in this chapter, and uh, those uh, those that he loved and those that he cared about, and uh, that beloved there, I think it, I think it's uh, it's another level, it's another step up to those that uh, that you know you can love somebody, but there's there's those that are beloved to you, there's those that you hold in dear regard, and uh, those that are much loved in your life, and. Uh, um, let's read a, a verse or two here and we'll have a word of prayer and, uh, chapters, this, this stand in honor of the God's word. I like standing when I read God's word, <clears throat> we'll read verse one and then we'll read verse 18. The Bible says this second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Verse 18, but growing grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Father, we love you tonight. We pray that you would stir our hearts and our minds, help us to focus upon you and what you've done for us. 
We love you. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who gives us salvation this evening. It's in his name I make my prayer. Amen. And you may be seated. Beloved, uh, <clears throat> the Bible says over in Matthew three seventeen. it says it in Mark. It says it in the book of Luke. He says, low voice from heaven came saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Ephesians 1, 6 tells me that we have been accepted in the beloved if we've received the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm glad tonight that I can say that I've received God's free gift, that I've been accepted in the beloved. It says, as too many as received him, to to them gave he power to become the sons of God. I'm one of his sons tonight. I've been accepted in that beloved. And man, that is such a, uh, uh, you know, I don't even think honor or, or those type of words to d- describe it. it. It's indescribable what Christ has done for me in my life, what Christ has given me through the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Over 107 times in Scripture, uh, the word beloved is used, and uh, it's used in some form or variation thereof. And this entire chapter is, is dealing with Christ's return. Now, we... As Christ's beloved, those of us that have been saved tonight can say that uh, we're thankful for that. We're looking for that blessed return tonight. We're looking for the Lord Jesus Christ. We know uh, that God has prepared something that's better uh, than what we uh, currently deal with today. If you look in verses 1 and 2, he said, uh, Beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. In verse 2, that you be mindful of the words which were spoken spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Mindful of the words. He says, uh, beloved, be mindful and remember the words that were spoken, that are spoken. Uh, You ought to be mindful of the words that have been spoken, the words that are being spoken, and the words that will be spoken in the days that are to come because God expects us to do that. Remember what we've been, uh, been taught. Remember the things that you've heard. We're not good at doing those things sometimes. Paul told the Philippians in chapter 4 of the book of Philippians, he said, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do and the God of peace shall be with you. We need to be more than just hearers of the word. We need to be doers of God's word. And uh, we uh, oftentimes we hear these things. I've heard Brother Muncie preach many messages and I've not applied them all to my life. I've heard other men stand behind the pulpit, preach messages and not apply them to my life and do the things that I've been taught. Do I remember every message that's there? No, I don't. But they're food for me from the spiritual context and I need to take those messages and grow in grace and try to grow in the knowledge and be mindful and remember those things that I've been taught. Because why? Because he says scoffers in the last days of that of this same chapter, they're going to come. They're going to dispute the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. They dispute the coming of the Lord. They don't believe in the, uh, the, the return of the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. Paul warned Timothy in 2 Timothy he, in chapter 3 verse 1, he said the same thing. He said that perilous times are going to come because what? Men will be lovers of, them own, of their own selves. He said they'll be covetous. He said they'll be boastful. 
He said they'll be proud. They'll be blasphemers. They'll be disobedient to parents. They'll be unthankful. They'll be unholy. They'll be without natural affection. Brother Muncie got on me this morning a little bit for having some natural affection, having some uh, uh, long suffering. You know, I, I, I do. Things bother me. Things move me to compassion. Your brothers and sisters that are around you, those that are in uh, harm's way, those that are in uh, the, the grips of the devil, that ought to bring you to uh, tears. That ought to bring you to your knees that you want to pray for those folks. People that are not in church, uh, those that we love, those that we know that sit by us on the pew that are not coming, those that don't sit in the place where they always sit, we ought to be uh, have some affection about that. You ought to have some compassion. The Bible says that Jesus wept over there. He loved Jerusalem. He, he, he had a heart for those souls. These men had a heart for souls. They had a heart for people and the needs of people. We ought to weep sometimes over that. We don't weep over it anymore. He says that uh, uh, there'll be uh, uh, disobedience to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural truth breakers, false accusers, uh, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. They despise you today. But they despise us for what we stand upon, for the, uh, for the good that's in this book and the things that uh, uh, the Lord can do. They despise you for that. It says that they're traitors, they're heady, they're high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. They like pleasure. If, if they love God more than they love pleasure, they'd be in church tonight. This church would be full. Uh, every church in town would be full tonight if they love God more than they love pleasure. People love pleasure. They want to be pleasured. Uh, people want to come in. I'm surprised, to be honest with you, that after you hear who's preaching on Sunday night, that some of you even come back, to be quite honest. And, and, and you have to have a love for God because it's not me. I know that I, I, there's no good in me. And I know that I'm not that good of a preacher when it comes to preaching. But uh, those that uh, love God ought to come to his house. I don't, there's not everybody that I like to hear uh, uh, when it comes to preaching. But you know what? I don't go just to hear the preacher. I go because I love the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I go because I love my brother that I sit by in the pew. I want to pray for him. I want to be an encouragement to him. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. You know, there's a lot that have a, a form of godliness, but they deny the power of God and, and the things that God has done in their life. Paul told Timothy, he said, from such, turn away. Get away from it. You need to get away from the world tonight. We need this. I need church. I need the missions conference. I need revival. I need it in my life. I need it in my home. I need it for my child. I need it for those that are around me. I need it for my family. I need God tonight. I need to turn away from the world. He said, beloved, be mindful and remember these things. He also said in verse 8, look at verse 8. He said, but beloved... Be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord's not slack concerning his promises. Men some count slackness, but he's long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Ignorant, a form you know, we don't like to talk about this, and I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not trying to be mean uh, when I say this. And he's not. Uh, uh, you know, <clears throat> ignorance, as it's talked about here, it's, it's lacking knowledge. 
information or awareness of, uh, of a particular thing. And, and the world tonight is ignorant of the things that are of the Lord. They're ignorant. They don't have the knowledge of this book tonight. And it's up to us to give them that knowledge of the book. Ignorant, he's, he's, Peter's saying they're ignorant of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying right here. They, 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 they don't have the knowledge that they need to have about it. It's up to us to tell those that are around us about it. And uh, verse 5 goes on. If you go back up in verse 5, it says, For this they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God the heavens were of oh they were they were ignorant of the creation and they're ignorant of the return of the Lord and uh, uh, we, we we see that in it but it's not God's will that any should perish thank God that he is long suffering he's long suffering with us as Christians those that are saved in our in our walk with him but he's also long-suffering in regards to that one that doesn't know him as their Lord and Savior. He's long-suffering, giving them time to come to repentance and the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God for that. Uh, uh, I preached a message one time. I remember it. Uh, nevertheless, how many times in, the, in, in Scripture did God tell Israel that, and, and they would uh, flatter him with their words and their works and they would turn from those things. And, but nevertheless, God uh, heard their cry and he came and, and, and helped them during their times of trouble. The same can be said of us. Nevertheless, how many times has God heard my cry Heard my cry, heard me when I was at my lowest point, when I was not walking with Christ the way I should. But nevertheless, God was long-suffering toward me. He showed compassion toward me, and he loved me despite who I am. Thank God for that. Beloved, be not ignorant tonight. He says, as such, this, what manners a person ought you to be in holy conversation and godliness. You know, our conversation ought to be holy tonight. Peter told him, he said, be holy for what? I am holy. Um, holiness, having some holiness in your life, wanting to be holy, wanting to put on the righteousness of God and the things that are of the Lord. You know, you can classify this if you take that word, and I don't know why I did this, but ignorant, foolish, and stupid. And, uh, you know, ignorant is just lacking the knowledge that you need. Foolish is unwise in your, in not using wisdom in making <clears throat> your decision. You're unwise. And there's two types of wisdom. You can be wise. Uh, there's a, an earthly wisdom that's not from above, the book of James tells us. And, and there's a wisdom. You can be smart. You can, you can have all the knowledge, but you don't have the wisdom that God provides. God provides a different kind of wisdom. It's a wisdom from above. God gives you wisdom to make decisions in your life, to how to uh, do things at home, how to run your marriage, what you should do in church, how you, you should conduct yourself at work and, and, and the things that you should do there. God gives you that kind of wisdom. God gives you a godly wisdom in that. And then there's those that are just plain stupid. And, you know, I, and I don't mean this cruel, but they just act unintelligently and in, and in a careless manner, and they have no common sense whatsoever. Common sense tells me that God is the creator of this universe. I can look at the heavens declare the glory of God. 
God has given us what we need in order to determine that there is a, a creator who has created all things, who has, has given us life, has given us breath, has given us the ability to do what we do. There's no, no big bang theory. There's no evolution. There's none of that stuff. God is the creator of this universe, and God is going to come back, as the Bible says, and he's going to judge man for what he's done, and we're going to have to give an account to it. God, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God that he took me from the ignorance and the foolishness and, and the states that are there. And that, beloved, be not ignorant tonight. God is coming back. The Bible tells us that he is coming back. And he is on the doorstep. He is there. And we live in times and we live like he's not coming back. We, we say, where's the promise of his coming? Even his own people, those that claim the name of Christ, say, where's the promise of his coming tonight? Christ is coming back. I'm telling you, based upon the word of God, that Christ is coming back. He says, beloved, be diligent. Look in verse 14. He said, wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Beloved, be diligent, steady, earnest in what you're doing. Put forth some effort in what you do. Uh, show the love of Christ in, in what you do. What did Paul said? He said, the love of Christ constraineth me. It's Christ's love that constrains you to do what you do, uh, the things that are there. Uh, and he said, if you're diligent, you'll be found in peace. John chapter 14, verse 27, he said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Do you have peace tonight? Uh, I've got a peace that passes the understanding of the, of the man that's not saved tonight. I, I, I have a reason to be happy tonight. I have a reason to sing a song tonight. I have a reason to be joyful because I have a peace that God has given me tonight. It's not the peace that man giveth to me. It's the peace that God gives me. I can be happy about what's going on around me because of the peace that God gives me. And, and until you get that, uh, and, and, and it's not that I don't go through trials like you do or you're not going through something that's heavy tonight, but God can give you a peace with some of those things if you've got uh, uh, being diligent about what he's asked you to do. And it's not as the world giveth unto you. He said, be found without spot or blemish. Jude talks about, uh, about hating even the garment spotted by the flesh unspotted uh, from the world. You know, I hate things, uh, uh, and, and Kim gets on me all the time if I've got something on and I've got a spot on it or I've got, I, I get stuff on my pants and I always stick my ink pens when I'm working in my pants or in my pocket. i got a spot on this one. Uh, and, and having a spot on it and, 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 and putting it, it just leaves a mark on it and it leaves a bad mark. But with God, all those, <clears throat> thank God tonight, there's no spot on my record when it comes to salvation, God wiped all that away. It's all gone. And, 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 and the things that I'm working for tonight are for rewards that God's going to give me one day when I stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ. 
but I want to not be unspotted from the world. I don't want to be tainted by the world's things. I want to be tainted by the things that are of God. I want to be associated with Christians. I want to be associated with those that love the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. I don't want to be associated with those other things. We often, and I do it as well, and I shouldn't, and God forgive me for it. And, and we remember uh, the good old days and the things that are of old and, and the, the things that we've done, and, and we, we mock and make fun of it sometimes, and it's wrong, and it's wrong, and it's wrong before the sight of God in that, and, 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 and knowing that I don't need to be tainted with the things that are of the world. I need to keep myself from that. When he says be found blameless, that's our testimony. We've all got that testimony tonight. We're going to leave behind a testimony of who we are, what we are, what we did, and what we did for the cause of Christ. I think of Solomon, and I told our class this morning in Sunday school, and uh, <clears throat> talking about uh, life is, you know, and he was pessimistic about everything and, and, and life and all his vanity and, and all falls uh, before. There's, there's nothing good. There's nothing bad. All go to the same place. Well, that's not the case. All don't go to the same place. And uh, I know that God's created a, a heaven and, and uh, the, the, the glories of heaven for those that love him. And he's created the lake of fire and hell and brimstone and, and where the worm dieth not for those that don't love him. Uh, all I do in this life is not vanity if I do it for the Lord Jesus Christ. If I do it for the flesh, then it is vanity. Amen. Our testimony is important. And that's why you should be diligent tonight. Be diligent about what you do. Be diligent about the things that we do. We don't have much time. James says our life is like a vapor. It appears for a while and it vanishes away. There's going to be a day you're not going to have the opportunity to do something for the Lord Jesus Christ. There's going to be a day where you may not be able to walk, where you may not be able to hear, where you may not be able to see and do the things that you do today. And God's given you the opportunity to do it. And you've sat around and not done nothing for the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll, you'll mark it up. I guarantee you, you'll be laying there on that bed and you'll say, I wish to God I had done something for him while I had the opportunity to do it. Amen. Beloved, be diligent. Be diligent. And then he says in verse 17, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware, beware, lest ye also being led away with the air of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Be cautious. Be alert. The dangers are all around you. They're all around you. Beware. Beware. How many times can you uh, tell a little one, beware, don't do that. Don't do that. It'll burn you. It'll burn you. You get your finger caught in it. It'll hurt. Oh, 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 God. It hurt, Dad. It hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Beware. I told you. I told you, even though you know it, even though you know it, even though you've got that Bible in your lap tonight, even though you're all prayed up right now, even though you're walking with the Lord right now, you're close right now, everything's good right now. Beware, beware, he'll get, he'll get a hold of you. Beware, you'll, you'll, you'll uh, think that you're where you need to be. The Bible says you'll be led away. Paul told the Corinthians, don't marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. In uh, chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians, uh, that old devil, he, he's there. Satan wants to get a hold of you tonight. 
He don't need the guy that's outside the doors. He needs you. He needs, he needs the ones that are in here that are faithful. Because what's he going to do? He's going to take your testimony and he's going to keep a, a, a thousand other people out of church for it tonight. You know, just because one of the things that, uh, and you, you know, you can take it how you want to take it. One of the things that keeps me going is because I know in my job and where I've been, my testimony is important for this church. My testimony is important. I got to keep my life clean. I got to do the right things. And you say, well, actually, oh, yeah, it does matter. Oh, yes, it does matter. You represent Landmark Baptist Church and the Lord Jesus Christ. And everything you do outside those doors is a testimony of this church and your Savior tonight. You better keep your life clean. And I represent my family. I represent my wife and my son and, and my daughter and my, my grandson. I represent them. I represent my parents. I represent everybody. I represent that pastor right there. I'm going to do what's right outside those doors. You better do what's right. You better beware. The devil will grab a hold of you so quick, he'll take you down. He's good, and you'll be led away. We talk about countermeasures. And, uh, you know, you hear it. You've, I heard some of it when they were bombing Ukraine and all those things were going on, and they were shooting the uh, <clears throat> countermeasures to take down some of the missiles and stuff that was going in there and <clears throat> all the artillery. But he says our countermeasures are to grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's your countermeasures tonight. Your countermeasures is the, the, the word of God. That's how you defend. You know, sometimes our best offense, and you hear this in sports, your best offense a lot of times is a good defense. And your defense tonight is not you. Your defense tonight is the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. God's the one that fights the fight. The fight is not yours. It's his. You just got to stay in the battle and let God fight the battle for you. And uh, uh, 2 Timothy 2.15, what it says, Study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You've got to study uh, God's word. It said, young men, wherewithal shall a, a young man uh, cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to his word. That's how you defend yourself against the wiles of the devil. It's God's word. God is the one that fights it for you. God's the one that fights the battles for me. God is the one who gives me victory over the things that I go through in this life. It's not me, it's him. You know, as, as I see this time approaching and Christ's return, I think you need to develop a love for the word of God like you've never had before. You ought to love God's word more than you've ever loved it. You ought to grow each day in loving that word. And, and, and place his word in your heart that you won't sin against him, uh, that, that anything that would cause reproach against your Savior, he would bring it to your mind and you'd address it immediately. All you have to do is, uh, brother, uh, Pastor Muncy preached a message, Psalm 119. Uh, he was preaching out of it there not too long ago. And he was talking about how I love thy testimonies, how I love thy words, how I meditate on those day and night. That ought to be part of you. If, if you want to start to love God's word, start in 119, Psalm 119, and read that through. The longest chapter in the Bible, 176 verses. And it, the majority of it talks about loving his word. 
and loving his testimonies and the things that the commandments that God has given unto you. Start to love his word. And, and, and what he's, I can't quote every verse. I can't get up here and quote chapters and, and, and all that. But I can tell you this, that when things come into my life, God will put a verse or something where I've read something and I, I can go back, I can fall back on his word and know that God is there and he's speaking to me through his word. Thank God for that. He tells you to trust in him with all your heart and lean not under your own understanding. Our understanding is weak. We're to acknowledge him in all his ways. And he, he said he would direct our paths. God's the one that needs to be directing our paths. The Bible tells us it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Thank God. Thank God for that. The Bible says, I have not seen nor ear heard and neither have entered into the heart of man the thing that God has prepared for them to love him. Beloved, I'm telling you tonight... Be mindful and remember some of the things you've heard. Beloved, don't be ignorant. Don't be ignorant and think that God's not going to keep his word, that God's not coming back. Beloved, I'm telling you tonight, you better be diligent. You better be keep your hand to the plow. Don't be looking back. Amen. Don't be looking back on what's happened, what you've done before. Right. And beloved, I'm telling you, you better beware. You better beware. Because we live in some evil days and evil times. And we better make sure, for I know whom I believe, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Thank God for his word tonight. I pray that you take this book and keep it right here and bury it in your heart. Let God be part of every hour of your day as we stand to our feet.